Break It Down with Rick and Tim is also available to watch on YouTube. Oh, that was very bright and exciting and wonderful. It'll go great in there. I like it. And don't forget to check out our website. That's right. www.breakitdownwithrickandtim.com Hi, my name is Rick. My name is Tim. And this is... Break It Down with Rick and Tim. This is part two of our three-part special on mental health. That's right. What was part one about? Uh, I don't know. The hell's going on? It's a good question. I'm glad I'm Italian. I'm not white. You kind of are. <sighs> Why does it have to be the big chicken? <laughs> Why does it have to be the big chicken? Why do you have to say it like that? <laughs> I was right. And yes. you were racist. It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> I still have a belief that Sasquatch is out there, but that doesn't make me crazy. And you give me that face, and this is my issue with you. Mm. You're a questionable person. This is a podcast where Rick, a Generation Xer, and Tim, a millennial, come together and try to find answers to our changing world. Break it down with Rick and Tim. All right. Mm. What was part one about? You in the streets. Yeah, I had a little bit of a breakdown. That's right. Anger management. Mm-hmm. Gay rage. That's, could you, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we'd call it that. You need Jesus, ma'am. Part two. This is about... Belief systems. Yes. And something that I was a part of. I was part of a cult. What was that cult, Rick? The cult of Sasquatch. The cult of Sasquatch. Yeah, hmm. yeah I can't get away from it. One of the things that I want to be clear here is that you got sucked into a very specific part of the Bigfoot Correct. culture. And that's where my animosity is. That's right. You got sucked into the, um, not like the religion part of it. You got sucked into the marketing part of it. Yes. You know, you were part of the whole man in the suit. Let's make shows. Let's make money. Yes. All that stuff. And that's a whole separate thing than like, a normal, well, like person. A, a normal person would believe in Bigfoot. So. Right. Which I have no problem with people who have so-called encounters. But once they're in front of the camera wanting you to believe their story and they're perpetuating the bullshit <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. And podcast, right, 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 right. Then it's mm-hmm. like, ugh. Right. Once they, they jump into it and say, I'm going to try to milk this cow. Yeah. Right. And hurt people along the way mm-hmm. over Bigfoot. That's the thing that blew me away. So we're going to talk about that. And... Tim is going to take it away. Yeah, let me just take my jacket off first. It is kind of hot in here. Now, sometimes it seemed like you guys were more interested in, in mixing it up with each other than in finding Sasquatch. Here's a little taste of that. I think the weakest link would have to be the two Jumbotrons. There's just one team with the bald Fonzie and the little short midget that he hangs out with. The Bigfoot 101 that Richter normally refers to is bull because they haven't found any Bigfoot. I'm here to just like everybody. We're not in a game. This you is our are... lifestyle, and we've been I doing this for years. A... Me too. I've been hunting no. for years. I want to walk through how you got sucked into the world of Sasquatch from the beginning. Oh boy, now put this away. Well, it all happened one dark night. <laughs> you. I have always been interested in the subject of. Bigfoot. In fact, this book here, Sasquatch by Renee DeHinden, was my favorite book when I was a little boy. 
And it helped me learn to read. Was that your first exposure to Sasquatch? Second. The first one was In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy. The miners escaped injury that night. The area now known as Ape Canyon is one of the many places in the Northwest where man continues his hunt for this elusive creature we call Bigfoot. With the Patterson-Gimlin film showing the alleged Sasquatch. How old were you? Five. I was scared of it. My dad said, what What are you afraid of? It's a man in a monkey suit. Lo and behold, my dad was right. But it made an impression on you at a young age, right? All of a sudden, this creature was very real to you, Mm -hmm. right? So there it begins. The seed is planted. (laughs) And then we fast forward years, 35 years, and we now have the internet. Right. And I'm able to follow up on Bigfoot stories, see if it's real or not. And at this point, Bigfoot's become very popular with the Finding Bigfoot TV show. And it's now a fun topic on the internet with all conspiracy theorists. Okay. I, at the time, was going through an emotional breakup. My mental health, in all honesty, was all over the place because of my ex-boyfriend. In fact... The doctor had prescribed Prozac to help me cope with my... I had crippling depression. Okay. The Prozac affects every human being differently. What was causing that crippling depression? You said it, right? A loss, right? You were going through a breakup. A difficult Mm -hmm. one. One that ended after many, many years. It was on and off again with this person, this man, and of the control he had over me. And I had given him... Sure. When you love somebody, you, right. know, you know, and they condition you to think that they love you too, but they're only able to give you so much of their love at a certain time because that's all they're able to give. So you were searching for what during your relationship? With him? Yeah. Searching for? You're, he was holding, he was dangling over you what? It was like a control thing. With yeah, him. it was he, love, he, right? He was dangling love over you like a carrot. And you ha- were searching for love. And then all of a sudden, you realize you're not going to get that love. And your one source for love that you had for so many years, it was very finite, just enough to keep you reaching back in the Cheeto bag for more, right? Because that had just enough flavor. All of a sudden, that's gone. And now there's a void. Where are you going to get that, that love, that acceptance from? And a sense of community. Right. My meaning was out the door. So did the internet and your breakup come simultaneously? Like your exposure to Sasquatch just happened to happen at the same time you were going through a breakup? Or were you seeking out Sasquatch because you were going for a breakup? I Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Really? Yeah. At the time, I was probably desperately looking for distractions to get my mind off of him and the pain I was feeling. Okay. And I knew deep down that I had to walk away, Mm -hmm. sever all ties. Okay. Because this was a toxic relationship. When did you realize that? 2013. Okay. How many years into your relationship? 13 years. Okay. And And these were not healthy. It was only at his convenience. Okay. And I was stupid. What made you realize it? What was the final death blow? Yeah. When I found out a friend of mine had been murdered, 
I reached out to him because he was my perceived anchor. Sure. And he told me, I can't talk about this right now. I'm kind of busy. I'm like, I just told you that a friend of mine just got murdered. And he says, I'm really busy right now. Yeah, that would be a, an ender for me. I'd be like, nope, I can't roll. Well, because that's a violation of trust. And that's no, what he's telling me. He's like, saying, hey, I, it is, I, we don't have that level of trust. I, I, I'm not going to support you in your moment of need. He could have said, I'll call you back. Rick, relax. I can, he knew, sure, he could you, have approached you know, it he, differently. He, he knew how I get set off. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. Activated. And I wasn't screaming. Sure. More like crying. Sure. And he dismissed me. Yeah. Without saying, I'll call you back. Give yourself a moment. Give me a minute. I promise. He didn't do the right things a normal, nurturing human being should have done. And that was the end all be all. Rick, what more? Well, how many more red flags? Okay, what so was that it? was the moment. That was, that was the that moment. Was that was it. Okay, and so after that, I jumped headfirst into, into the subject of Bigfoot. Okay, because because that was a community. Had you discovered that community already on the internet? Little by little. Little by little. So yes. it was something you were kind of dabbling in. Yes. So one might even say that this helped in a sense because would you think about this? Would you have been comfortable walking away from your relationship, not or not having something to dive into that you're already a little familiar with, and know that there's possibly a support system there? What? I don't get it. Repeat, rephrase it. So I'm trying to figure out if you felt that there was a community in Sasquatch that would support you before or after the breakup. I was making new friends with a common interest. Yes. And it helped. I wasn't stewing in my grief. Right. Rage or anger. But but my question was, were you making those friends and building that support system before you realized that you were going to leave this guy? 2011, I became involved in Bigfoot, and I left him in 2013. So it was kind of like the... Passing of the ships. Right. So I... Uh, I wasn't p- as heavily involved right. until after I said goodbye to him. Right. After I said goodbye to him and severed... You had all the time in the world to give all your attention in the world to Sasquatch. Bigfoot, and that's when I got on Bigfoot right. Bounty. Right. So, but... Name drop right there. I just, I just want to throw... Yes. I just, I've been waiting so much to just bring up Bigfoot. I'm going to do it right now. No. Let's go back. Let's go back. Because we'll get to Bigfoot Bounty. But going back to your breakup... Sasquatch was there. That was there. You had a community that you already kind of knew, right? Now, what would have happened, let's say, if you might have been dabbling in, let's say, a church? Would you have given it all into the church? What if it wasn't Sasquatch? What if it was like the Loch Ness Monster? Probably would have been the same thing. Probably the same thing. So it's fate in the timing, one might say. You... We're going through, you were in a, a relationship where you knew you weren't supported. And you, at that moment, had to make a choice. All in on this guy or cut ties and see if I can make myself float with the support system that I've created through Sasquatch. And it sounds like you did. I switched addictions. I was 
heavily into him. He he knew what buttons to push with me uh-huh. to keep stringing me along. Right. And perhaps it was a battle of the wills. Maybe, you know, I, I, I must concede that. But I thought I loved him. Mm-hmm. And he told me he loved me as much as he could at the moment. I hate that line, by the way. Which is weird. Oh, yeah. It's awful. I love you as much as I can right now in this moment. What oh, the fuck does God. that mean? Fucking narcissist. Well, oh. Yeah. Yeah, no, that should have been your first red flag. <laughs> right? And the so, fact that he was a liar. Now you've gotten into Sasquatch. How did you get on Bigfoot Bounty? Because people go into Sasquatch. That's a big community. How did you get into the community and how did you get noticed in put into that show? I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. And... In 2011, when Finding Bigfoot came out on TV, I thought, oh, no one's going to draw those poor four idiots looking for Bigfoot. Oh, look at them. So I drew them in hero poses. I emailed Cliff Berkman from Finding Bigfoot, the drawing I did, and he loved it, and he told me to draw more. Mm. And I did. Okay, sure. It's a distraction. Sure. I'm dealing with heartache. And so I was drawing Bigfoot drawings (laughs) of these people from the TV show. Well, Cliff... Asked if he could put on his website. And I annoyingly said, yeah, sure. Well, of course. Annoyingly. Annoyingly. Because then I didn't realize that in the Bigfoot world, they're all egomaniacs, these researchers that they call themselves. Within that pocket of the Bigfoot world. Because here's the other thing. Like, you got into... You're going to have to hold that thought. Lady, out. This is why I give my dog Trazodone. <laughs> Lady, actually, lady, mixed messages. Come here. Come here. Put your paws up. Okay. This is lady. And she has a prescription for trazodone. She doesn't get it very often, only when she has serious separation anxiety. So you got into uh, the part of the uh, Bigfoot world that... Um, one, the blogging part, essentially, like people who are on the internet, the websites, correct, and oftentimes the the, the internet is full of what trolls, right? Yes. Now, when we talk about Sasquatch, like I still have a belief that Sasquatch is out there, but that doesn't make me crazy. And you give me that face, and this is my issue with you: is you have seen Sasquatch from the whole monetary side of it, right? People trying to monetize it and trying to get something out of it that doesn't belong. It's a Ponzi Sasquatch, scheme. Sasquatch, well, okay. But Sasquatch, like, has roots, right? It comes from a thing, and it is a pop culture thing, right? And everybody's going to try to make money off pop culture, but that doesn't mean that people can't still have that fun belief that Sasquatch does exist, right? I still believe he exists out there. I still have my thoughts. Like he travels interdimensionally, kind of somehow. What? And it could be kind of cool. Yeah. I don't, what? I'm, of course, I've never talked to you about this because this is how you would react, right? And this is the problem because you've taken your experiences and you've lumped everybody that even believes in Sasquatch into the same thing. Now I could do that, and I would say that I think every Christian out there is crazy and nuts because I once upon a time was in that world. But you get what I'm saying. Like, I could lump everybody into it, but everybody's experience is different. And the world that you lived in, yes, you got into kind of the gross part of it. So let's talk about that gross part of it. Because there's still a lot of people out there people out there who believe in Sasquatch because of, like, the stories and all the, the, the things that you hear. Not necessarily because somebody took you on a tour to get your money or took you up to the mountains mainly so they could sleep with you. 
there's a bigger world than just the little part. So let's talk about the world you got into. I still believe in Bigfoot. Don't judge me. It's different than the world you lived in. The truth with Sasquatch mm. lies with the Native Americans. Right. Not these white people making videos on YouTube telling you it's real. Right. So that's what I'm saying here. Everybody's relationship with Sasquatch is different. And you went down a path that led you to craziness in the Bigfoot world, right? Oh, it's nuts. Yeah. You lived an extreme experience through the Bigfoot world. And now you have an interesting perspective on it. Well, yeah, because Bigfoot caters to broken people. And I was broken. Right. I was emotionally devastated because of the on and off again, whatever it was right. with, with my ex. So other I'm gonna, people... I'm going to parallel that to, like, who else caters to broken people? Religion. Any religion. All belief systems. All politics. Belief systems. Politics MAGA. does. I mean, same Everybody thing. Everybody does. Yes. Every belief system caters to the broken person. We have the answers. And come, I was part of come that. see them. So, what answers were they giving you? Answers? Yeah. They to were your problems. Not to problems. They gave me time away from my problems. Instead mm-hmm. of addressing what was hurting me, I was being involved in something that eventually was going to hurt me. Right. It was a long suffering approach. That distraction is their thing. You don't need to think about him. Come to this. You'll have more fun. Get your mind off it. Solution. Eventually, time will heal that broken wound. So, you started doing pictures. Drawings, yes. Drawings. Then what happened? An egomaniac who had a blog, uh-huh. found my artwork, mm-hmm. asked me to do drawings for her. Mm-hmm. And I'm lonely. And, okay, sure, I'll do some drawings for you. She liked my artwork. And then she asked me, hey, I love your personality. Do you want to be my co-host for my blog talk radio Bigfoot show? And I'm like, hey, that sounds like fun. Mm -hmm. Sure, why not? And so I was willingly drawing her artwork to promote her show. Because back then there was maybe three shows on Bigfoot on blog talk radio. 2011, 2012 time frame. I was drinking the Kool-Aid. I was hook, line, and sinker involved in the subject of Bigfoot. And then uh, due to a personality conflict I had with this individual who was not treating me right, I washed my hands of her and started my own show on YouTube called After Hours, where I would talk about Bigfoot with my friends. So what led to your breakup? That was a lot to unpack there. She was an alcoholic. Okay. And would um, humiliate and belittle me live on the air. Oh, interesting. So I'm sure that there's video proof of that. Audio. Audio proof of that. And I was done because okay. uh, she was assaulting everybody online cruelly in a way that wasn't positive, productive, or entertainment-based. You found trolls, which you found. And so I started my own thing. Okay. I was part of a group called Team Taser on Facebook. It's a Bigfoot group. There were the A-list guys who had their podcast called Extinct. And it involved a Bigfoot hoaxer named Justin Smeha, mm-hmm. who allegedly shot and killed a Bigfoot and its child up in the Sierras. And the baby, what's wrong with her? <laughs> and so I said to the guys, hey, I'm fresh from doing this show I was on Blog Talk Radio with. I want to do a webcast, as it was called, it was involving video, that would um, complement your show. So after people watch your podcast show, they can come and watch mine. And it was to help 
lift up our community. Mm. They agreed. They liked it. They liked the idea. Well, the low man on the totem pole, me, with my personality and personality, whatever you want to say, openness and sure. flavor for the flair, I was able to bring in top tier Bigfoot personalities like Dr. Jeff Meldrum, mm. that moneymaker, to our little shitty little show. And that other podcast, the other people doing the other show got jealous. Sure, because you're bringing in the big names and they aren't. They kicked me out of the group. Oh, snap. Well. So it was called After Hours with Team Taser. When they kicked me out, I became After Hours with Richter. She's just been After Hours without Team Taser. <laughs> and so then that's when Bigfoot Bounty happened. And then I got on the show. And then that's so why, when I how started did, getting the How did the Bigfoot ba- Bounty happen? You just said, and that's when Bigfoot Bounty happened. How did right. Bigfoot Bounty happen? The $10 million Bigfoot Bounty that yeah. was on Spike TV, mm-hmm. the reality casting director and the producer was searching for people on the internet and they found my friend sean his bigfoot blog called bigfoot evidence okay reached out to him and then they said oh you got to talk to richter why because he's gay okay and so i go into the interview on zoom or google plus whatever it was back you know 10 years ago not knowing i had been outed and i'm a very open person all my friends know. were you I don't for sure hide outed yeah, they, they, that's the whole reason why the oh. casting director wanted to talk to me. Oh, okay. The gay guy in Bigfoot. Hmm. And so... You can reach a whole nother wide you know, piece of the pie on the audience scale there. And the first question the casting director asked me, Richter, you're gay. Why are you into Bigfoot? And so my immediate response was, hey, he's big and hairy. Sign me up. He's big and hairy. Sign me up. Because I made a joke of it and because I was so quick, mm. she laughed hysterically. I guess she pretty much fell out of her chair. Uh, that's what put me to the top of the list. Oh, okay. So Your wittiness. The witty gay guy. Yeah. So you were typecast. Oh, absolutely. And this would obviously set the world of the internet ablaze, especially in the world of Bigfoot trolling, because you came out of left field... Not only that, with zero experience, zero out in experience the field, out in the field, out in the it. field, yes. out in the left field, out in the left field, picking daisies. And here's this homosexual, right? And he comes out of nowhere, and because he's a homosexual, yes. he gets to be on the show that we all really want to because be on. I spent and you eighty know what? hours this week I don't, out in the field. I don't even believe he's gay. I think oh, yeah. that he's just saying he's gay to get on the show. They said Yeah. Yep. And you know what? There are so many more people more well qualified, but they're not looking at the fact that you own or you run, uh, what was the name of your show? with uh, After Hours. After with Hours without whatever. <laughs> Team Taser. Team Taser. They weren't looking at you know who you were bringing in and what you were doing. They were just trying to find a way that they could make it justified that you were on the show and they weren't, and mm. they could be upset about it. This is really, I mean, you fell into the pot of trolls is what happens. And, and it, I was nice. You were. This was before Richter was objectifying people. Yeah, but people. the trolls this aren't going to be nice to you no matter what. And so they ha- They're narcissists. They well, have one role. Okay, so let's go back to this mental health thing, right? So you got these people, and they are taking advantage of people. Is that a mental health issue, taking advantage of someone? I think it's a, a form of narcissism, and I think that narcissism is considered a mental disorder. So I guess yes. Right. 
There we go. So and now we have to approach them with a little bit of empathy because their brain broke. No empathy for them either. Uh, I see. So that's the problem. We're losing in our society, in our community, this idea of empathy. And Dude, they we were cannot negotiate with them. Sending me death threats. Right. Saying they wanted to blow my brains out. Calling me a faggot on their podcasts. Yeah. And this is before I was like the Richter that you know. Can I, I tell you something? The nice Richter. Can I tell you something? I've been called all those things too by my students to my face in front of all the other students and everybody else. It's rough. A lot. Sometimes. It's always a projection. It's not the same thing. But I'm saying that we get to choose how we respond. And so here's how I chose okay. to respond with that kind of level of trolling. Right. I created a YouTube show called Off the Richter. He trolled. And I the took trolls. their videos and their quote unquote evidence, used their words against right. them, and made fun of them because right. of the insane, crazy things that Bigfoot felt this guy up and cured his cancer. That's how it works. There's so much to choose from with this. Anyways, so, what you did, I did is a Tosh.0. You took, well, what you did is you took their world. And you made a farce out of it. Oh, yes, because that's right. all it is. So, And that was the beginning of me starting to walk away from Bigfoot. Right. Well, obviously, you would have to at that point because you're just nuking your own self in the Bigfoot world because to them it's not you know, funny because you're making fun of their world. To a point. Very to a much point. like the people who you know are very much MAGA don't necessarily enjoy all the MAGA jokes of the late night hosts. You know. Yeah, but I was doing do. this to a point okay. because... The other half of the show was the seriousness of Bigfoot, why I thought it was real, uh. based on uh, potential DNA, et cetera, et cetera. And there are certain protocols to follow if you have, quote unquote, DNA evidence. evidence. Sure. And none of these motherfuckers, they were holding it in their bare hand. I got me some Bigfoot DNA right here. Do you see it? Do you see it right okay, there? So, Look at that. so let's go back and let's remember what the focus of the Bigfoot Bounty, ten million, whatever million dollar Bigfoot Bounty show was, not to find Bigfoot by any means. Well, they actually did have that intent. Oh, I'm sure they. But did. you had a small window of opportunity between the hours of such and such to do it. Yeah, but in in reality, what are they trying to do? The the producers make might money be like, yeah, off of us we're crazy gonna, people. Yeah, exactly. They saw yes. an opportunity to monetize. Yes. So of course they're gonna be like, we don't really care if you have the evidence. If you show something that looks like evidence, we'll make it appear like evidence. Sure, why not? You got a you got a foot. Uh, you know, make a little and someone will find it. And make a little cast. Who was that guy that made fun of shows on E? Tall skinny guy. The completely arbitrary $10 million is still unclaimed on $10 million Bigfoot bounty. Well, we checked the traps this morning, and guess what? No one caught anything. Oh. Oh. Well, but yeah, but see, back then, I didn't realize I was the joke. I... Well, you were looking for something at that time. You were, and, and you, you were looking for acceptance, right? Your experience with feeling love and connection came at a cost, right? So for you, your perception of what healthy like attention is maybe it wasn't the best at the time. So you m might not have seen their red flags, in that moment, 
if you look back on it now, could you see them? Oh, clear as right. day. There you go. Right. All, all along the way. So wisdom we learn. Mm-hmm. You did the Bigfoot bounty. Everybody was upset because you jumped to the front of the line and got onto a show, and you were rocketed to the top of the Bigfoot world, um, and all the trolls were letting you have it. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Yes. Especially because you were not only uh, taking... Uh, you know what they wanted, but what you they were, thought they deserved. But you were also an affront to their beliefs of what a man should be. So it was like you were slapping them in the face. And plus, I made my plaster cast of so-called evidence pink. Yeah. Why is it gonna be pink? Well, my theory was, well, uh, since plaster casts are always white, details might be washed out in that color. But if you have a little bit of food coloring added, you could probably see things that you might miss. Right. And that didn't fly with them. Sure. Didn't have to. They were looking for a reason to, you know, poke your button, and they, uh, you, you kind of just outsmarted them, is what happened. Then you got out of Bigfoot Bounty. And did you get out of the Bigfoot world then? No, no. No, you did. Uh, what next? My YouTube show, Off the Richter. Off the Richter happened. Was that after the Bigfoot Bounty? Yes. Okay. That was my reaction to the trolls. Okay. Since I knew fighting online, well, you too, enter. That serves no purpose. Sure. Sure. But what if I can present them to the world? This is what Tim said in his recent video. Sure. Saying Bigfoot's his forest friend. Right. And gives him presents. You trolled the troll. Or did I... You exposed the troll. I... Which is trolling the troll. I... You trolled the troll. Is that what it was? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. What do you think it was? Turning a negative into a positive? What was the negative? The negative? Yeah. What was their negative? Uh How they were treating me. Right. What was the positive? By showing the world who these people were. Because they all had a base, a fan base. And what did it do? They all had their own shows. So so your goal was to... Mock them. Mock them. Clearly. And bring them down. Yes. And what was their goal to you? No, there, there was no fighting me back. No, 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 what, no. What? At the beginning, the reason that it prompted your reaction, what were they trying to do? So your goal was to mock them and bring them down because they were doing what to you? They were Their goal was to, with you, to mock you and bring you down. Okay. So you trolled the trolls. That's your point of view. <laughs> my point of view was having yeah. explicit revenge yeah. in a way that they could not defend themselves from because I'm using their words, uh-huh. their insanity, their BS against them. Yeah. It's, yeah. So I'm holding people in Bigfoot accountable for what they say and do in media. That's not trolling. And you're doing it in a way that mocks their personality. Put those teeth in. Show us who you really are. Bigfoot's real. See? Chai. Right here. <laughs> this is the care. This is the troll right here. Right here. It's done there for it is. comedic effect. Right. Right. You trolled the trolls. I love it. I love what you did. I love the content. Because here's the thing. Like, it's not a bad thing. I, I don't won. think it, 
I mean, essentially, you, you kind of, I mean, if you want to look at it from that perspective, you won. But essentially, I, I think that nobody really won in this situation because we all know kind of how that world works, right? It's with anything that's around here. I mean, look at Disney, for example. Like, look at how much they monetize themselves there and they're destroying Star Wars, right? So it's about the money, right? And then it's about exposure. And if you got somebody on top that you think doesn't deserve to be there, some people, they they can't climb the ladder, so they're just going to start pulling people down. Have you heard of Trevor Noah? Yeah, I love him. I saw him live. Flipping Trevor Noah, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We, COVID-19. I was the Bigfoot version of Trevor Noah. (laughs) COVID-19. Without a live audience. Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. Trevor, don't get me wrong. I think Trevor Noah uh, does a good job of trolling, like people. He trolls a lot of Republicans, and I think that he would admit to that. Here's the thing with Trevor Noah: we went to his concert or to his to his live show, and we went to we we were scheduled to go to it in 2019. Then COVID happened, and then it got delayed, and we were like, "Ugh, fine." Like we were all ready to go and excited, and it got delayed for two flipping years. And then finally it kind of shows up on us and everybody who was there, we could tell looking around that everybody like had to make emergency plans to be here. And we're just like, this is going to be fun, but we're not, we didn't all plan this. And we were a tough ass audience. Oh my gosh. He was cracking jokes and we would be like, "Eh you know, all of us with our drinks. We're like, it's a fucking like Thursday. (laughs) This is funny, but is it worth it to be this? I don't know. But at the end of the day, we got to see Trevor Noah. It was cool, but God damn, it was just, it was a night. Now, the differences anyway. between someone like Trevor Noah and me and our style, mm-hmm. his comedy isn't from a place of hurt. Mine was. Apartheid. His comedy against like what I see on TV currently with regards to Donald Trump and MAGA isn't coming from a place of hurt. Sure. But mine was in the Bigfoot world. And it was my retaliation done in a professional manner that wasn't typical trolling. Right. It's not typical trolling. No, no, I'm not saying it's another word. But trolling is unattractive. It's not attractive. Responding. Maybe, but here's the thing. Richter was activated, and Richter was activated. The the the, the, see, and this is the thing. We can repackage the words so it's an easier pill to swallow. But at the end of the day, right? It's it's the the behavior at its core. Now, that's not to say that you were in the wrong, because sometimes, and like in your case, you did it with comedy, and yeah, it was very entertaining, and it exposed these people, and it gave people a perspective that I think needed to be seen, right? And what better way to do it? Then with comedy and beating them at their own game, which is what it was. Now it comes to a point where there's nothing more left to say. Sure. So that's why I stopped. Mm-hmm. And that's when I had come to my conclusion that Bigfoot is not real. It's an entire sham. It's a belief system, a Ponzi scheme. And it's no different than politics and religion with Jim and Tammy Faye Bakers and the Donald Trumps asking you for your money. It's the same exact thing. Right. But now here's the thing. Let's break this down just like you said all those things are institutions that are created and scaffolded uh at their core around what people design as a belief system so when you say bigfoot all bigfoot is a sham and is a big scam and just a ponzi scheme 
It's because some people saw Bigfoot and said, oh, here's an opportunity to make money. So I'm going to build this house up and we're going to create this network where we all can benefit and make money. And uh, we'll all kind of get each other's back. And if we see somebody we don't like, we'll troll them out. Uh, and that's what you experienced. Banned from the community. So you don't believe in Bigfoot not because you don't be- believe that he exists. You don't believe him because too many people have taken advantage of the idea of him and have warped what Bigfoot is and what people believe of him. So that right image there, right there right from there 1967. A that's a person. That was not Bigfoot. No, it's not. And that's where it started, right? And you got sucked into that very thing. That's not to say that a Bigfoot doesn't exist. But here's the thing. You're making a conclusion. What is Bigfoot? Right. So therefore, until we have a body... Is this the first time that we've ever seen a Bigfoot? Or that anybody's ever reported a Bigfoot? Not reported. The okay. first time that was captured on, on film. film. Right. 59 seconds. Sure. So shaky footage okay. of some guy in a suit... A hundred feet away, and for real, hundred feet. I verified right. it today. His name is Steven Struford. Okay, because you know how I am when sure. it comes to measuring sure. things. Because to me, this is seven inches. Shaky video, intentionally shaky video. Uh-huh. The one stabilized moment, and where it turns, it continues on. Right, fifty nine seconds. So let's go back. If that video didn't exist, would Bigfoot still exist? I would. Exist? I would not be in Bigfoot. Okay, because what was the seed you mentioned earlier? What was the seed that was planted? Was this video? From 1975, no, I was 1977, In Search Of. Right. Yes, that was it right there. there. It is. Right. So that's when the belief system was created in the United States around Bigfoot. That's when it became a pop culture. That's when it became a pop culture. So, you're, so, you're, so what you, your real perspective is the pop culture version of Sasquatch is a sham. And that's true. I feel like anybody from the outside looking in would know that, well, that this is fake. I mean, let's be real. Even the homeless people outside these windows sure. right now know. Maybe. But that's not to say that those native stories of, the, of, of what they would call Sasquatch, whatever it is, I don't know. Um, but their stories and maybe even some of these other stories of like Yeti and like that don't still hold some, some merit because by your accounts here, one might say that God doesn't exist because it was created by man. Well, there's a biblical God, there's a creator or there's no God. Or there's gods. Like, ask a, a Greek right. person so, from 2,000 years ago. So, replace the word God with Sasquatch and say that whole line one more time. Same thing. Yes, exactly. Right. So, now you're out of Sasquatch because you are uh, an enlightened human an enlightened being. Human critical thing. So, where now do you put your energy? So, before that... When you realized that this was no longer your support system, what then became your support system in terms of mental health? Where do you get your support? Right now? Well, you had mentioned it, right? So you, well, not maybe right now, but when you got out of this, because I knew you when you were an off the Richter, right? Right, and I was... And you were, had just kind of moved here, and you had just kind of moved here. And I assume that that you, and this was 20, what year did you move here? 20? 21. 2021? So uh, you were doing off the Richter, uh, and you had moved up here because you were moving away from Las Vegas. Las Vegas. 
and I wanted to be closer to my friends that were in Bigfoot. And your friends that were in Bigfoot. I, when I moved here, mm-hmm. I was still drinking the Kool-Aid. Yes. And when did you start off the Richter? 2014, 15-ish? That, 2014. Okay. So there was still a group of people, friends, within the Bigfoot community, even though you were trolling the trolls. I was responding to the trolling. He was responding to the trolling with trolling of his own. By creating a show of entertainment. Centered around mocking his trolls. Perception is a very powerful thing. Mm-hmm. It's easy to see me as a good guy, and it's also easy to see me Going as a bad guy. Going back to mental health, do you think that something in here is warping your perception of reality? The what do you what do you mean? I don't know. I think you read something in there about warping your sense of reality at some point. Um, there comes a point where you need to grow up, yeah, and realize the Easter Bunny's not real. Santa Claus is not going to come down the chimney and stuff my stocking. Right, right. And some people don't get past that. It takes some people a long time to do that because they just take their belief system and they say, "Oh, I don't believe in the Easter Bunny anymore, but I believe in Jesus Christ or I believe in Sasquatch." Or I believe in One Direction or K-Town or whatever K-pop band it is right now. When someone has a healthy relationship with their belief system, their interpersonal relationships, decision-making, their stress won't be affected when it's healthy and positive. Your relationship with Sasquatch was Was not not healthy, healthy, was not positive, it was toxic, it was taking advantage of a narcissist. Fully change your perception of reality and cause you to do some crazy shit. Look at these people. They stormed the Capitol, right? Exactly. They went too far. Right? It wasn't healthy. Right? They stormed the Capitol. You created off the Richter. No, you can't equate me with that. No, I'm not. I just, I just <laughs> wanted to see a reaction to that. No, no. <laughs> no, I'm saying you're... But, but let's, my reaction wasn't necessarily unhealthy. No, I'm not saying... You have to understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying you're, that trolling, all trolling is bad. Sometimes trolling does a purpose because if somebody's doing something stupid, sometimes you want to point out their stupidity by, by, pointing, by being stupid to them, right? So in your case, you see the trolls... And you go, I can show you guys how it's done. Here it's here's how it's done responsibly and successfully. And you beat them at their own game because you trolled them and you got followers for it. Uh, off the Richter was right. far more popular than After yeah. Hours with Richter was. It was it was impressive. And when I was considering stopping the show after the third season, I was asking my friends, you know, I think I'm pretty much done. Oh, no, you can't. You're the only one in the Bigfoot world that's policing these people right. and keeping people in check because no one else Well, is. and you were entertaining. They yeah. saw that, and it's something they can relate to. They go, "I, yeah, I see that, and this guy's pointed it out, and it's hilarious. So now, once you finished with the world of Sasquatch. I focused on me. I decided to go back to school. You went back to school. When I was making off the Richter, mm-hmm. I was at... The community college and the video production certificate thing. Uh-huh. When I stopped off the Richter, that's why you know what? I'm gonna go for my bachelor's. I'm one year away. I'm so close. Right. So my my belief system changed. It all became about me. Right. In a healthy way, not narcissism, but right. in a healthy way. I'm gonna put all my energy and my thoughts and creative juices into me now. Right. So I am in service to Richter. If we look at your mental health through the ages, right, when it came to Bigfoot and how Sasquatch became such a big part of your life, 
The seed was planted as a young child. Correct. Richter found his man, or so he thought. Uh, Thirteen painful years later, he realized that uh, he was in a bad relationship, and uh, he got out of it. And he had been forming some friendships within the world of the Bigfoot community. And he relied on them to pick him up and provide for him what uh, he no longer has access to, and that is acceptance. But it wasn't as healthy as he wanted it to be, but maybe a little healthier than before, until things got bad. And the trigger for the badness in Bigfoot was the insurrection and the MAGA. Because the majority of the Bigfoot world are MAGA. That's when you saw trolling happen? No, that's when I saw, okay, this is nuts. Why are these people believing all this insanity, JFK Jr. stuff, everything that Trump is saying? Well, it's a belief system. It's like a religion. And they're wanting me to take their Bigfoot research seriously when they're not able to critical think about what Donald Trump is saying and doing to them. How they won't wear a face mask. They won't get a vaccine. So you want science to take your Bigfoot bull (laughs) seriously, but you won't get the goddamn shot? Well, that I mean, was, that was a big turning comes, point for yeah, me. It, but, but again, it goes back to, it's like, and I keep mentioning religion. I got to make sure I make myself clear here. I'm not against religion. And I believe, I don't believe that, you know, I, I do believe in God and higher power. But the thing is, it's, it's about your relationship with God. And that's what it should be. And it comes down to what the framework around religion that humans have created. And it's the same thing like the framework that people have created around Sasquatch when that video came out and then other things came out. It all just became this house of cards, right? That you could just kind of, you know, wander around and milk. Um, But you got into Sasquatch and you got out of Sasquatch. The reason you got into Sasquatch is you were filling that void and you felt the same thing. And then you finally realized that it's not about what people give to you. It's about what you give to yourself and in turn, what you give to other people. Because when you give to yourself and you give to other people in that more of a a self-focused way, then you notice more attractive people start coming around. People who are more centered on themselves and not necessarily how they can take advantage of other people. And there's that's human nature. It's yeah. everywhere. The, the movie industry, I can't imagine the sure. narcissism. and It goes back to how do we talk to each other and have empathy for each other, even when we know we are all going through some shit. So how do I approach somebody on the street that is poking their head into my personal business? I'm going to be diplomatic with them. Hey, you're not supposed to be here. Get out. That's what I said to our boy who was sitting next to my house. And he says to me, no. And I say, yes, because you can't be sitting here where you can see into my house. It's too close. Oh, well, you don't know me. That's exactly the point. I don't know you. I don't know what you're capable of. I don't know what you're on. I don't know you. And it's too dangerous. I got kids. They're scared of you. You handled it better than I probably would have. Right. I would I'd probably been calling and say, hey, we, we got to dig a hole somewhere. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> But that's the thing. And going into lockdown, I think, drew, drew us further apart and made it harder for us to talk to each other. So mental health is something that we're going to have to work on. Now that you've left Bigfoot, do you feel like you're in a better place? 110%. I can see where I let myself down by having blinders on. 
Right. And uh, letting other people make decisions for me, telling me what is real and what isn't real. Mm. And now it's time to Let's Quiz Tim. Oh, boy. On Bigfoot and the Paranormal. Oh, boy. Tim. Rick. What is the nickname of the Loch Ness Monster? Nessie. Very good. How, that's easy. Okay. What is the nickname of the hoaxed Bigfoot filmed back in 1967, the famous footage? Oh, Jesus. I know this, um, but I don't know it. I'm going to sit here and stew for a moment. The man that filmed it was named Roger Patterson, and that's your hint. The Patterson tapes. Or no, it's a... It's a female, and it's lovingly been called Patty. I don't know. Okay, yeah. Now, I had no idea. I, honestly, I wasn't that into Bigfoot. Not like you. That's a good thing. Stay that way. Okay. Stay clear, far away. Watch Judge Judy instead. Oh, boy. What year did the Roswell UFO crash? That wasn't like the, I feel like the 60s. But I could be wrong. It was, it was a long time ago. Is that your first and final answer? Uh, yeah. The 1960s? No, 1950s. 1950s. It's got to be 1950s because I'm, I'm thinking back to like Independence Day when they're talking about it. Crash back in the 50s. Yeah. Wrong. But you're very close. Damn it. 1947. Okay. Sure. Not, all, not that far off. I'm okay with that answer. <laughs> but still wrong. You would have lost. Sure. Yeah. According to civicscience.com. Oh, boy. What percentage of Americans believe in Bigfoot? Like, as in, like, believe it's, like, an actual real thing? Yes. Ooh, that's really hard. No. You're good with percentages. Well, I'm good with percentages, and I'm trying to figure out, like, my measure here, because, yeah, there's lots of percentages, but where do I go with that? Like, because if you think about it, like, 30% of the United States believes that Donald Trump is still <laughs> president. Of those people, because that's where I'm going to take a lot of those people from. But also, like, I believe in it, too. But I also think that I, I also understand the reality of it. So if somebody asked me, do you believe in Bigfoot? I'd be like, yeah, I believe in the idea of Bigfoot because I'm a child and I, and I know that it doesn't exist, but I want to believe it. Uh, but to actually believe it is, I'm going to say it's a small percentage just because... Give me a number. Jesus. Somewhere between 10 and 15%. A number. You're close. You're very close. I'm going to give you that. In horseshoes, you've won. So give me a number. I don't want to go over. So I'm just going to go with 10%. The answer is 11%. Okay. So I can be happy with that. I'm close. Yeah. Very close. That's actually, you know, one percentage is not bad. Here is in the margin of error. Here is the one argument people need to come at me with when I laugh at them and say, ha ha, Bigfoot's not real. Here's what people need to say to me. The absence of evidence is not evidence of absence either. How was that for a Neil deGrasse Tyson? Sure. Moment? There you go. Yeah. But we also live in reality, and we know the earth is not flat, and Easter Bunny does not put <laughs> Easter eggs out of its ass. Well, it's not really flat. It's more of a cube. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's a, the appearance is round. Sure.
unfortunately, Bigfooters aren't smart and they can't think about stuff like that. So I get to continue burning down the church. There you go. The Church of Sasquatch. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to trigger Richter. No! Yes, yes, sir. Uh, today, we're going to trigger Richter. You guys ready to trigger Richter? Oh, God. Uh-oh. Richter. Bring it. Okay. Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> <gasps> there just went Hiroshima. Boom. What did you just say? There went Hiroshima. Oh, yeah, you're right. See, see, we just triggered Rick. Just and then there's also the sister city, Ruin Johnson, as I call him. But yes. Okay. Kathleen Kennedy, the the head of Lucasfilm. Yes. And what are your thoughts on her? So let's Give our listeners and viewers a little juxtaposition on how to handle a beloved franchise that has survived the test of time by 50 years. Yeah, and we're going to try not to get a cease and desist. Currently, Paramount Plus has come out with three seasons of Star Trek, focusing on the main character, Patrick Stewart's Jean-Luc Picard, hence Star Trek Picard. Okay. This current season, which is ending tomorrow night of Picard season three, has been the best Star Trek in years. Great. It's because how the legacy characters who have been beloved for over, what, 40, almost 40 years now, mm-hmm. have been handled and been a part of the story, not at the cost or price of the story. These legacy characters came first and had stuff to contribute to the overall story where it wasn't fan service. It was just intelligent and emotionally rewarding science fiction stories being presented to I guess they weren't member berries is how South Park would portray them. Sure. Right? If they just come back to like remind you of the past and kind of be... It was nostalgic. And yet there's new characters being introduced. Right. It was what Star Wars should have been. Because now we have it in hindsight. We can see how these two science fiction franchises have been handled by new people. Okay. It's heartbreaking. Is it? It is, because it's not like we can get Carrie Fisher back to reshoot scenes or anything. She's gone forever. That's true. She is. Now, there's digital, of course. Of course. In my opinion, I think what Disney is trying to do with The Mandalorian, Ahsoka, and all these other shows is to kind of go back and try to find something that won't be as divisive as what they did with The Last Jedi by Ryan Johnson, which we talked about. We did. We talked about fully that. In one of our past shows. And it just, yeah. My God. So recently there was a Star Wars celebration. There was. In uh, England. And try and reinflate the balloon that they deflated with those three. 
the Star Wars franchise is being carried by a little green puppet called Grogu, which everyone fell in love with. That's in right. The Mandalorian. Grogu. And Pedro Pascal. Those two, one being a real human being, the other one being a fictitious yeah. character, are carrying the weight of the entire Star Wars franchise on their shoulders right I now. I remember looking at memes on the internet of Baby Yoda, and it said, I am Star Wars now. And he was doing the little thing. And it worked. Yeah, it did. Everybody loved them. And Star Wars was back, baby. And we were like, great, here we go. And now we're just like, mm, what's going on here? No, Dave Filoni and John Favreau are the, the mm-hmm. show headliners. Uh, the What's the word I'm looking for? They're the show showrunners. Yeah, the showrunners. There you go. And they brought in Luke Skywalker in an integral moment. Mm-hmm. We lost our <laughs> in a good way. Luke was brought in as the hero that he was and saved the day. And thousands, if not millions of Star Wars fans, instead of screaming all at once in horror like the Alderanians, they were cheering all those reaction videos of Luke Skywalker uh-huh. coming in. Yeah. I cried. It you was cried. emotional. That is, is oh ridiculous. my god! Because we had what they did to Luke in the sequels. They turned him into an alcoholic uncle who betrayed <laughs> his whole family, <laughs> abandons his sister, and is an old instructor right. to Ray. Wrecked him. They they really did. And the problems with the Last Jedi. There were three things Luke was going to teach Ray. The movie only gave us two. What was the third? And it was on the edit- editor's room, the editor's floor. Was it really? You never saw that bonus that bonus bonus scene, the scene that was supposed to be in it? No. Ray's final lesson by Luke was uh the fish people on that island were being attacked by uh fish pirate raiders or whatever. And so Ray's like, we gotta do something. So she goes running off to where all the commotion is, and she's traveling across the island supersonic speed. She gets there, she destroys the door, she enters the room, and there's all the fish people celebrating. It's like a festival. There was no raid. There was Chewbacca and R2-D2, and he was, they're all partying with the fish people. And Ray's like, uh, what's going on? Luke is laughing, saying, see, you went jumping headstrong into something. It's a good lesson. But because Luke was coming off as such a froggy dingo in the movie, the heads at Disney, the higher-ups said, maybe we should soften this up a little bit. Let's omit that scene. So now we have only two Jedi lessons that Ray learns from Luke instead of the three. <laughs> I just, I don't understand. Like, you know when you, you know when, you just wonder, like, where are their friends to say, hey, let's reevaluate this movie before you put it out. Like, didn't they have like test groups and focus groups and things of that nature? Like what the heck is going on in there? You are a at risk high school teacher. That is true. Have worked with some of the most challenged and heartbreaking students. Okay. Imagine that classroom yours. Uh Uh-huh. Imagine you leave your classroom, let's say you sell it, whatever, whatever Lucas did. Let's okay. say you're no longer a part of the the guiding, driving force. Okay. Corporate suits come in and take over that classroom. Uh-huh. What would happen? Um, <laughs> what would happen is they would get eaten alive. 
the, these kids would come in and they would turn that place upside down. They'd wreck stuff. The corporate people would probably try to like do like lectures and powerpoints and shit and or something like that. And it just be, it would it would, it would be, fall on deaf ears, right? Because here's the thing: like if you're a teacher and you're good at like teaching from a powerpoint, you can do it. But like it's different than like a business lecture. So make that classroom the Star Wars community of fans. And now we've got these suits coming in. Oh yeah, and there are ways and ideas of changing things that have already been established by you. Uh-huh. It's not going to go over well. No, and it doesn't. It's, and it didn't. It, okay. And the Star Wars fandom has always had some divisiveness because of Jar Jar Binks in the prequels. Yeah, Jar Jar and Binks. Good God. George Lucas was offended by it and hurt by it. He was hurt by Jar Jar Binks because yes. of the goofiness. Yes. He, he couldn't handle the criticism. <laughs> yeah. He, you, apparently, you can't smite God. Nonetheless... <laughs> Instead of making things better, he just kind of omitted Jar Jar from the remaining two sequel films altogether. His role got dramatically reduced to the point where in Revenge of the Sith, all he says is, squeeze me. That's it. That's awesome. That's it. Anyways. Squeeze me. Excuse me. Come along, That kind of kickback that he faced regarding Jar Jar is nothing compared to what Ryan Johnson and Lucasfilm received from The Last Jedi. Audience members left the movie not smiling. Well, because it wasn't satisfying. In many ways. In many ways. The Empire Strikes Back. People left the audience smiling, hopeful. They're going to save Han. Oh, my God, Darth Vader's Luke's father. There was discussion. There was an energy. And I remember that because I was uh, eight years old. Yeah. The Last Jedi failed. Lucasfilm failed. And then they re- released Solo so quickly after The Rise of Skywalker was in theaters, and people were still mad and still sore, you know, so it did not perform as well as no. they had budgeted and had foreseen for their quarterly profits since they're all fucking sure. suits. I mean, that movie was pretty good, but here's the thing. I was I grabbing the table so hard. You probably were. I think I think we successfully triggered Richter, but mm. let's keep this going for one moment. Because I think what you what, what we see is again. I lost my train of thought. When I read eight, I told Ryan I fundamentally disagree with virtually everything you've decided about my character. But you know, other than that, I can't really describe more. But it's it's, it's it was as shocking to me. Uh, to read what Ryan had written, as I'm sure it will be for the audience. Do you make a turn to the dark side? Uh, It's possible. Anything's possible. You know what happened? I read one theory, and I said to Ryan, I said, this is the one I want to (laughs) do. And it was Did you have a say in it? No. I think the reason why it... The... People liked the end of the Revenge of the Sith is because like we saw the story going forward, right? There was still like hope. Of we had to something. see how it ended, right? Plus, Carrie was going to be in it, right? Well, no, no, no. What I'm saying is, is the difference is is the the reason why people left the Revenge of the Sith like smiling and like ready to go is because they saw like like a, a hope, like things coming back to like like knowing that 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 out there they were going to come back and 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 attack the empire 
Whereas in what was the middle one? The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. Um, you just you just felt like they were still running away. And the whole movie, it was just like the rebels are just running away from the Empire. And, and sure, because they're huge, but like, eh. It's just a chase. It was heartbreaking. It was, because it was just like watching the rebels kind of ship sink, which you literally did. Like, they just sunk. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, this isn't very satisfying. And it just, it, the, on top of that, just the, the sloppiness of the story and just realizing that it's really a metaphor for the franchise. It just kind of went. Well, I put a lot of uh, resentment towards Ryan Johnson and Kathleen Kennedy, but also J.J. Abrams, because as executive producer, he signed off on the script. You're right. He did. And that's what's also frustrating is like, again, I asked you where are their friends to say this is a bad idea. And Mark Hamill was the only one saying no. Now, the actors love J.J. Abrams. And when they found out that he was returning to do episode nine, the final film, uh, the actress Daisy Ridley, who plays Ray, said she was crying. She was so happy it was Sure, him. because it's like, where the hell are we going? And then what do we do? Who's going to take us there? And then, okay, JJ, Uncle JJ's coming back. I Yeah, that's very telling. And then the fact that JJ said that, you know, the script for The Last Jedi was brave and that he wished he had directed it. And then after the movie came out and he got to see the reaction to the film, oh, he came in and having to fix the weeds of episode eight. You can't, you can't trash it after you praise it. Just because popular opinion has gone in a different direction that you did not right. foresee. I think I see what he's saying. Like, I think it was brave to sink the ship. But I also don't think that they sunk it on purpose. And I th- think it was more of he, he him just looking at it and going, oh, it was a brave of them to, to try this. But it was an unintentional, like, story. And it was one that didn't fit the narrative, really. But you had... Mark Hamill at every press conference, every time saying, this is not Luke Skywalker. I have a fundamental problem with the direction of this character. Luke? And Mark was silenced on it. Sure. He was no longer part of the promotional tour, and he was nowhere to be seen during the Rise of Skywalker promotional tour. He was contractually obligated to appear in the final film where he was only in that one scene on the island catching the lightsaber and giving Ray Leia's lightsaber. That's right. That was it. The biggest character in Star... <sighs> it's frustrating because they just come in and they, with the suits, and they just... So here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to globalize this shit. A couple days ago, a news anchor tweeted... From uh, Chicago. Good day, Chicago. His okay. name is Jake Hamilton. And he tweeted this uh, comment in regards to the new Star Trek Picard series and how well it's been doing. Mm-hmm. The most recent episode of Star Trek Picard was among the best television I've seen in years and some of the best Star Trek ever. Now, this is going to end my trigger segment. So hang okay, in there, Okay, here we go. This season has just been Brilliant storytelling and looks to be a perfect true finale for our next gen family. Thank you, Terry Metellus. Terry Metellus is the showrunner of this current okay. season of Picard. Your podcast host, Rick Riolo here, <laughs> tweeted 
Jake, just imagine if it was Terry who structured the Star Wars sequels and was part of the Lucasfilm story group. Man, I can only imagine how freaking wonderful it would have been. Did he respond or at least like it? No, but I did tweet Terry Matala saying bravo, and he liked it on Twitter. Oh, that's nice. You have to watch. I gave Tim uh, the episodes of Picard to watch. Yes. And I can't wait for you to watch it and to hear your thoughts on comparing it to how the original Star Wars was sequels were treated. I will let no, you people, know what I think after the FBI raids my house because you told everybody you gave it to me. And I did. I gave what it does to that him. mean? Now, people are say, oh, apples and oranges. You can't compare Star Trek and Star Wars. Yes, you can yes, when it comes can. to production, story development, and character all handling. It's all, it's, they're two different franchises. It's like, how would you... Uh, like, it would be like comparing like Fords to Toyotas. But behind the camera, you can because they're all made the same way. Yeah, they're all relatively the same. Story structure, structure script, stuff. Gafford, mm-hmm. Best Boy, all that. All that's involved. Produ- producers, the influence of producers, and that could be really bad. Well, I would say we successfully triggered Richter. Bam, right off the bat. Hiroshima. I am so glad we're finally done talking about Bigfoot. I bet Bigfoot. you are. Oh, no. Well, maybe. Bigfoot. Okay. Okay. Bigfoot. Settle down. Settle. Okay. That's, you're going to have to edit all those. Good luck. So, mental health part three. Part three. Accommodations and solutions. Right. Or lack thereof. Yeah. So, that's the next episode. So subscribe, follow us. <laughs> so subscribe, follow us, follow us at uh, Tim Breaks It Down and at on Twitter at Richter Re- underscore Riolo. Yes, your mental health depends on following us on Twitter and talking to us, and we can help you with your problems. Yeah, still a bit shook up from that conversation, huh? <laughs> your big. Oh my God! What would you uh, do to my Bigfoot? My mental health is like not that's good right- not good to my mental health. That image that just popped into my mind. Oh. It's one way to it's one way to get DNA. Oh, gross! When I get out of my chair, I'll leave a Bigfoot. No, nope, let's just <laughs> not go anywhere further down this road. Oh. There are gross puddles. You know whose mental health I think is in trouble right Mine. now. You know whose mental health I think right now is in trouble. Jesus. You know whose mental health I think is in trouble right now? Donald H. Christ. Oh, yeah. He's, he's defendant dumper. He's in trouble. <laughs> Mortal words. This moment at 1.24 p.m. Eastern Time, Donald J. Trump is under arrest. All right, I understand. That's right. I feel like singing a gospel song. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. For those of you who don't know and haven't figured it out yet, we're not recording on the same day we taped this original episode. That's okay, though. No, it's okay. And we're happy because this is also indictment day. So, fuck Bigfoot. Oh, boy. And by Bigfoot, he means Donald H. Christ. Yeah, they're 
They're both mythological. <laughs> yeah. They're both not grounded in reality. That's true. They're both That's belief true. systems. Mm-hmm. They're both crazy cults. Yeah. They're both monsters. It's something, something crazy like that. And they're both bad for your mental health. That's true. They are. Tune in next week when we talk about support systems and what was the other thing? Accommodations. Accommodations and solutions. And solutions. All of that and the issues with that. Bye. Uh, mental health. That was a terrible beatbox. Break it down. I think I do a better beatbox than you. Sure. We like the cars. The cars that go boom. We're Tigra and Bonnie, and we like the boom. Oh my God. Remember that song? Nope. From the 1980s? Nope. I was born at the end of the 80s, Rick, so I don't remember much from it. Break It Down with Rick and Tim is also available to watch on YouTube. Check us out also online at www.breakitdownwithrickandtim.com.